Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, it's me, Kate Thornton. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, what strange times we are living through. Enjoy this week's show. Please bear in mind it was recorded before the coronavirus pandemic. But I really hope that what the girls have shared is of some use and value to you. And if you need to pick me up, grab a glass of wine and listen along on Friday nights at eight o'clock, we'll be holding listening parties on Twitter. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks well-known friends three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And this week, I'm joined by two women who are regular rays of sunshine and positivity. First up, she's one half of the Hemsley and Hemsley sister duo. In 2014, they released their debut book, The Art of Eating Well. It exploded, as did their brand. Next came a Channel 4 show, more books, and a regular column in Vogue fancy. Now she's gone solo and her new book Eat Green is designed for flexitarian plant-based diets. It's really delicious. I've tried it. I can vouch for it. Good work, Melissa Hemsley. Thank Hello. you for coming on. Oh, that's, you said some lovely things in there. Thank you. So I would give my clone um, the gift of, I don't know what the word would be, but some sort of breezy button that she could press every day which would just let unnecessary stress mm. just 
wash past. That's lo- a breezy button. A breezy great. button. Easy breezy button. I just now sitting alongside her, she has been hailed as London's Marie Kondo after demonstrating an ability to bring organisation to chaos with her business declutter dollies. Check them out on Instagram. As a fellow devoted tidier and anti-hoarder, just scrolling through her Instagram feed brings me a huge sense of pleasure and calm. Thanks, Dilly. It's Dilly Carter. <laughs> Hi. Woo! I wish I hadn't done some of the things that I did, but they are what shaped me and made me who I am. But I constantly think they're going to come back and haunt me and ruin what I've got now. And it's not that anything horrific happened in my 20s, but, you know, I live my life and I live my life to the full. And now my life is so different. Dilly, seriously, I could be you in another life. I'm always looking for assistance. (laughs) Honestly, cleaning has always been my therapy and people don't understand it. But my dustbuster, which I love, was my gift to myself on my 40th birthday. (laughs) Sad fact. I think it's great because people are taking so much more care about their homes now, which before I don't think they did. Are you a tidy freak? I'm... I am and I'm not. I I know that I feel safer. If that's a if that's a word to describe, I feel I feel I feel more zen. If in in the best possible way, if it's nice and tidy. Yeah. But at the same time, I I'm a real smell person. So you know, I cook a lot. So is, it, is it, what is it that brought you two together under the banner of friendship? What are your what's your common ground? You know, we have a very common interest, and yeah, Melissa's cooking up a good treat, and I'm organising the kitchen. So we're much made. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and last time we saw each other, actually, we did. I've got these events called the sustainability sessions, and yes. one of them was called Green Hacks for a Happy Home, and you came on came on and blew everybody brains away, didn't you? Thinking about, well, pretty much what you just touched on. Well, I'll let, I'll let you explain yeah, it. Give me, give me two great green it. hacks. Cause <laughs> great green hacks um, is, you know, using glass containers, um, using containers of any sort. So instead of having cupboards full of pulses, pastas, rices that you can't see, that you're scrambling through all the mm. time, you know, simple things like just emptying those things into containers so that you can see stops us overspending, stops us overbuying. And in the same respect, you have to know what's in your cupboards before you go shopping. And I think so many people just think, oh, it's four or five o'clock, I need to get some dinner on the way home. We just go, we fill our cupboards and we think, have we got rice? We don't really know. So we just buy another packet. Yeah. And then by the end of the month, we've got three different bags of rice that are all half full some have got little tiny bits in the bottom same with the pasta same with the pulses and then they're in danger of scattering and And then you don't want rice scattering everywhere because you'll never be because then you just get your dust dust out and it's gone absolutely nobody got to enjoy it okay so you know the way the podcast works there's three questions we wash them down over three glasses of wine and here is question number one for you You are both beacons of living healthier, more organised and better lives but what's the one thing you will never give up and why? One thing I will never give up, buying coats. Buying coats? After everything you just said. If I'm honest, that's the only thing is my weakness, is coats. That's your item of choice? My item of choice is coats. Why? Just because I really enjoy a really good coat. And that is, I just can't stop. I always look at coats and think, oh, I would quite like another one. Over like a lovely Cardi? Mm. A coat over a Cardi? Coats over a Cardi all day long. Even though I'm wearing a cardigan. Well, I just was thinking, what is there that I can't give up? And I was thinking, I really enjoy looking at coats and buying coats. But that doesn't mean to say that I have lots of coats. But I sort of switch them up and, you know. But I mean, I I'm, like I'm not going to recommend that you give up coats because in this country we need them. <laughs> but it's about the number of coats, I guess. I don't have a lot of coats. But 
I can't stop looking at coats and thinking, right, I might buy another coat. And that's the only thing I always look at and think I need more of. I need more, more coats. Is that like a, co- a coat compulsion? Yeah. Wow. And I, actually, I feel better that now I've got Do that you feel out. Good? Yeah. yeah. Mine is like, it's not something I feel the need to give up, but I know... Um, I always feel, I, I just love, quite regularly, I think I might do it tonight, quite regularly, I just love to, like, go into my bed. See, I'm very much of of the feeling that, you know, I once saw Arianna Huffington speak, and she said, the, the, the most important thing I ever do, I can owe my success to, is escorting everything electronic out of my bedroom every night. And so I try not to go to bed with my laptop on I my phone. I love that phrase. It sounds like she's walking them out by the hand. Yeah, yes. she does. Escorting them out. Escorting out my digital devices. So I do know that I get better sleep, and I'm in mm. a better mood, I'm a nicer person, I'm more productive and fruitful, but... I just like long to get into bed and like, you know, candles, everything with my dog. Boyfriend will be downstairs and I will just sit and watch for hours on end, like the Vicar of Dibley (laughs) for hours. And then the Darling Bods of Me and I will binge them over and over again. Really? Um, Why the I mean, I remember the Darling Bods of Me from the first time. Oh my God, Catherine Zeta-Jones. She was charmed to it. It was like a bowl of warm soup with a big slice of white bread on the side. She was the original beauty, wasn't she? She is just incredible. And I... Rewatch it, guys. It's lovely. This, I, I mean, I get Marla the humour better Marla. now. Yes. Yep. Um, and you know the whole three eggs or four, four eggs or five when she was doing a fry up in the morning. Um, so I will, <laughs> I will watch those, and you know, over and over again. Um, Why do you think you're drawn to that? Is pleasure. it that idea of um, a simple, lovely, cozy life? Big, the big family, like so. I think the darling buds of me. I love the big family and the setup, and everyone's always, you know. I remember one episode they. Ma and Pa get into the bath together to have a bubble bath because they've been at a fancy dinner and the food was rubbish and there wasn't much of it. And she makes a fry up and they sit in the bath and then they play Where's the Soap? And, you know, they're having black pudding. <laughs> and I just, I just wanted, I wanted that so much. And um, I love it. My boyfriend really enjoys that sense of humour too. And then I've been rewatching Vicar of Dibley. And again, I think it's the whole, you know, there's only like seven characters in it, but it's the community, it's the silly yeah. jokes. It's like Sex and the City reruns. I love that. Does that make you feel safe that and happy? Feel I think, really, I think really Sex and the City and Vicar of Dibley are quite different narratives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what I do do is I, I, I binge watch them to the point where I get really upset because I'm lost into their world. And then I come out of it and I'm like, <laughs> to my boyfriend, he's like, should we go outside into the fresh air now? And I could do like eight hours at a go. <laughs> So you go into like an ITV3 rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Can I just say, though, I I just this morning pulled down one of my coats from the attic, which is on, <laughs> a, hanging, on, coat. which is on a hanging rail in my loft, all uh-huh. very beautifully organised, all my coats I that I don't imagine. wear all that that much often and the coat that I bought down today was my All Saints Alpha Industries Parker and I call it my All Saints one is because I bought it when I was in my early 20s because All Saints had one Nicole Afton had oh, one yeah. on I was like I can only be that cool if I buy that jacket and uh, I bought it down today so I've had it that long wow, so that's, that's good. that is what I'm trying to say is I have lots of coats but they are ones that I've had for a long time she's feeling bad now yeah, she's, yes. she's trying to justify and a coat and your quality, wear them. I buy quality beautiful things mm. yeah. I mean that that was the coolest thing ever then wasn't it mm. and I've still got it and I, it's in the car today there's a new thing I've discovered it's really feeding into my addiction um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting paid for this it's called Britbox <laughs> oh yeah because yeah. that's basically all the old ITV and BBC series yeah, I've it's never heard of this where is it it's ITV. like mining for gold isn't it yeah I love it it's like five quid a month 
And I've been watching, oh my God, what haven't I been watching? Midsummer Murders. For some reason, I've got certain shows that make me feel a bit depressed. Last of the Summer Wine is the same. Makes you feel depressed. It's the music. It's it's the music. I think it's that feeling. Well, I moved around a lot when I was (laughs) I moved also heartbeat on a Sunday night when you heard that music. Oh no, back to school. But I think because I moved around a lot when I was a kid, I was by myself a lot and I used to watch a lot of these shows. So some of them I listen to and I'm like, ooh. I love the the nostalgia of your watch list. Mm -hmm. Um, Your coat compulsion. Yes. The fact that it extends to your loft is is already telling me so much. <laughs> but it's only one rail and it's just coats. But, you know, I only have a few coats downstairs. And I must also add, uh, which I talk about a lot, I have one six-foot rail, hanging rail, because we have our wardrobes built, but not yet. One six-foot hanging rail between me and my husband. So that means we have three foot each. Is that how much? So that is all the clothes we have. Why are you giving have. him three? <laughs> I've got Do you not understand yeah, no. simple maths of male versus female clothing? No, what? he has half, I have half. In fact, he has more than me. And, and actually, <laughs> I would say 50% of that is coats. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I want you to imagine if you could step into a cloning machine and print out an actual twin of yourself, but you get to change one attribute and it can be physical or a personality trait. What do you think you would give your twin to give her a better life? I would give, well, one, the thing I most, the thing I think that limits me in life is my over-worrying. So I would give my clone um, the gift of, I don't know what the word would be, but some sort of breezy button that she could press every day, which would just let unnecessary stress mm. just wash past. That's lo- a breezy yeah. button's a breezy button. Easy breezy button. I just want to be an easy breezy, you know, carefree. Or carefree what, do you, what, what are the things that you worry about? Oh my God, everything. So do you find that you will, if you've got nothing to worry about, you'll find something to worry about? I've, I don't think I've ever ha- not had anything to worry about. Really? But it is self-inflicted. 
I went on this incredible course at the end of last year that I had booked at the beginning of last year. So I had a whole year to look forward to this course. You know, it was expensive, it was an investment and also I had to take a week off work. Um, and loads of people told me to do it. And some of the people that had been had been divorced, some had been made redundant, um, some had been, um, had lost someone. And I lost my dad six years ago. So I knew I wanted to deal with that. But I also really wanted, I was, so I'm now 34, I was 33 times, I was like, I don't, I feel like I'm aging myself by worrying. I can really feel like I'm aging mm. myself. And I could literally, you know when someone will say, oh, it'll be the stress that'll kill you, yeah. you know? And um, I've, I genuinely feel that that could be true because I worry so much. My mum's a real worrier. My dad was quite a worry person. We grew up in army bases. <clears throat> there was always something to like, you know, check under a car for a bomb, that kind of level of wow. high anxiety. Yes. It's called high functioning anxiety. And and I, I would like, and I work on it now. But that, that must be such a strange... Um, way to live in as much as that's your everyday life and yet you know that it's not everyone else's everyday life so yes you must be living in a constant heightened state yeah and it's exhausting and then also the moving and the upheaval of army life I have family members who've done that oh, where, yeah. and, and it's really hard to feel a sense of belonging anywhere isn't it well, I don't know how long you're going to be there. Now now, now the white wine just kicking in. I'm now thinking that's probably where my Vicar of Dibley and my Darling Buds of May. Like this, that's your it's comfort. basically, it's, it's all filmed really in the farmhouse in, in Darling Buds of May and in the vicarage yeah. in the Vicar of Dibley. And it's just and like they don't safe move. space. And there's always tea and biscuits yeah. on the go. Safe space, um, exactly that. And anyway, so I've been working on it a lot. So I've always, I've always known it's there. It's something I talk about quite a bit. Um, you know how you said cleaning is your, both of you like cleaning and order. For me, even if I don't need to make a soup because my freezer's bursting with soup, I'll make a soup. Yeah. I'll put on Classic you. FM and I'll put on soup. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't matter what I'm putting in. It's just actually the act of having a couple of ingredients and then having a finished and thing. And making something. And making yeah. something. Because that's quite. That's why cooking's really good if you feel that... It's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. If your job's not going well or if you feel yeah. like... A lot of the time, you know, when you feel like, I can't do anything right, if you can... And everyone can put a soup together. It does. You do get that little yeah. buzz of like, I, I can't. Now do you something. say that actually in a in a in a, t a time of feeling uh, wrong footed and like you you know when you're feeling all at sea. Yeah. I batch cook. There you go. I, I store. I, for, I store for another day, like like massive lasagnas or Yummy. huge cottage pies yeah. or mm. like real comfort food. Yeah. yeah. You're stockpiling. I'm stockpiling. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, you do. Because isn't it funny though the way that we we translate our worry into some sort of viable solution, be it cleaning or cooking. Mm. But I think it's, I think actually if you've had a childhood where you are constantly transient, then then actually being drawn to a show like The, the Darling Bloods of May, well, that makes total still. sense because mm. that's something you you aspire to. It's probably mm. something you felt that you needed and didn't have, possibly. Yeah. I want those chickens and the goats. Yeah. <laughs> Just not to move. How often did you guys move? Oh, I think my sister probably got it worse because she's older. I think I, I, well, we only, as army kids, we only really moved between England and Germany. I know people that went all around the world, but we moved a lot in England and Germany. I think I must have had about 10 schools. My sister had wow. more. But it, it, it's good because you get great things from it. Like you, 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 you sort of, well, maybe you have to do fake confidence. You have to be the new girl and, and fake make it new to friends. Make it. Fake mm -hmm. it to make it, which might be a bit exhausting. But anyway, I did this course and it was absolutely brilliant. And I did it primarily for my grief because I feel like people don't talk about grief enough. And actually, mm. I was on a podcast, Bryony Gordon's Mad, Mad Girl one, Mad World. And I realized how much it was affecting me because 
when I listened to it back, I kind of only half listened to it back because I found it quite painful, but loads of people messaged me and said, because um, I talked about the dead dad club and I'd said me and my boyfriend got together very quickly because he'd lost his dad. I was, my dad was dying when I met him. And so he, we really got each other. And then I was saying how it feels like lots of us now are losing parents mm-hmm. um, because we're getting to an age where we're starting to lose our parents mm-hmm. if we haven't already. And... Um, how it's so impossible to know what to do with mm. it, where like where to go through it. So, I've been working on the grief, and you know, I know now from my course, you've got to work through three main things, which is sadness, forgiveness, and anger. And a lot of people don't do the anger very well. And so, I and when realize, you say anger, it's not about being angry at the person you've lost; it's about angry at being yes. at the loss. Exactly. And and it's very hard for people to understand why they feel anger and grief, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it always feels like you're relaying it back to the person that you're you're missing, and that's not the case no. at all. It's anger at missing them. It can, it can be anger at feeling abandoned because mm. it, even though the person you love has died, they didn't choose to. Um, it, it can feel like abandonment, and also something really interesting I learned is that women struggle to to go through the anger phase because we're sort of it's programmed like anger's anger's an ugly emotion yeah. for you to show and anger's not feminine and so we 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 sort of quiet quiet our anger and we we like um bubble it away we reduce mm. it we reduce it like a like a sauce <laughs> take it down oh, a jus a jus we jus our, we we our anger we sit on it because it looks like we're having a an outburst mm. or being slightly hysterical yeah. or overly emotional and there's nothing wrong with any of those 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 attributes in a moment of grief. Absolutely. Loss is, loss is it's the underbelly of love, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It's and grief can look like hysterical laughter and it can look like all sorts mm. of things. But I think it's such an important thing and I would I would just so love, I, I work a lot with people like mental health mates, I would so love there to be more grief courses or just mm. days or just, like, all, all of the things. Like it, it doesn't have to be someone dying. It could be loss of a job, loss of the person you thought you were going to mm-hmm. be. Empty nest syndrome is a big one when, when kids are leaving mm-hmm. home or, or loss of loss of a big chunk of what feels like yourself. It's so interesting. And grief is something you have to learn to live with. It doesn't go away. No. How are you finding it six years on with the work that you've done? Are you a better understanding your emotional self? Yeah. And, and I think probably that's why I'll go and do my binge watching of for, for eight hours I'm like this is because I think a big thing probably is you know it's it's the the Vicar of Dibley and, and like Miranda for example that's canned laughter and there's just something but Darling Buzz and May is not but like it's the audience laughter I feel, I feel like perky and happy and yeah. childlike and 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 I think it's so important to laugh. And I I, I used to be a bit of a bit like a son, a bit of a Vera. Silent Witness was my thing. Like oh my god, Line of Duty, Bodyguard, oh. Richard Madden. You know, I used to watch Hello. shows like that. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Richard. Um so I used to be drawn to shows like that. And then I really realised what I needed was to laugh and giggle and feel safe and, and like feel silly. And you know, the kind of like the ch- I mean it's quite risque humour, but that silly, silly stuff. Yeah. Silly stuff is important. And the thing is you don't I don't think you ever have to justify what it is that makes you feel good it might no, be cleaning true. it might yeah. be attacking the house with your dust buster yeah. making a soup uh, whatever it is that sparks you know sparks to, to, joy sparks joy absolutely th- who cares you no. know if it's standing on your head in the garden um you know waving your legs in the air sure it makes you feel better can. that's okay yeah that's okay and it's really good to share those things because somebody listening today might be feeling a little bit down and a bit blue and they might find that actually clearing out a couple of drawers lifts them or putting a great meal together helps them to forget what's troubling them at the mm. moment and that's why I think I mean I, that's why I'm, I'm such a lover of podcasts because Absolutely. I think it's so important to spread a conversation but you know what the chances are you said if someone's listening now the chances are that someone listening now is feeling like they that do. because we are feeling 
um, so stressed and depressed and anxious. And Dilly and I, when we did the sustainability sessions, Green Hacks for Happy Home, one of the other sessions was about mental health and it sold out in about half an hour. Mm. And and it really showed me that that was something that we need so to have more conversations about. But I think so, for both of us as well, we're doing things actually which are in the most important place. You're cooking, I'm organising in the most important place. Like our homes are our sanctuary, aren't they? Yeah. And they're so important. And, and maybe, that's why we have to... You yeah, know, pay attention to it them. Is, yeah. and it's it's whatever makes you feel good. So you're gonna you're gonna give you a breezy button to take that. Wo- I mean, sometimes don't you wish at night when you're led in bed? And I have constant chats with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, when you replay your day. Yep. And literally, I have that inability to just do it silently. So, okay, and I do it in the car a lot as well. If I've embarrassed myself, which is often, um, or done something that make, makes me shudder. I end up muttering words out loud, slightly, you know, insanely, really, just going, <laughs> and it's not even words, it's just like, oh, it's a energy release. Yeah, it's like a shudder of shame. And then I think, well, and then you sit there and you go, and what's the worst that happened? Okay, you look like a bit of a tit. So what? It's that, so actually, we worry about stuff, and then when you break it down and step back and go, what am I getting so stressed about? It's really not that important. Do you know what I call it? A cringe twinge. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Can I steal that? I'm going to. Yeah. Basically, that's like a daily a cringe occurrence. Twinge. I get it all the time. I get it in my tummy. Get it in my bottom. Like where mm. it depends how bad it is. Like the lower in the body it gets is the yeah. worse it feels. But I feel like that so much. I'll probably in a minute go to the loo and be like, "Why did I say that cringe twinge?" But I do think it's this massive thing we're just judging ourselves yeah. and actually and that tightness of chest, <sighs> which is. <sighs> And yeah. I, you know, I have to breathe my way through that sometimes. Mm. Just go, no, come on, talk to yourself. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I've become much better at that with age, actually. And also yeah. trying to counsel my son to be yeah. not like that. You know, mm. and actually finding myself passing down what I think are quite sage pieces of wisdom and thinking, why are you not doing that yourself, Kate? You yeah. Know? True. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So that's my breezy button. Okay, breezy button. What are you going to give your twin clone? Apart from coats, no coats, no more coats, <laughs> no, Dilly. No, I'm not handing them over. Um, what would I give my twin? What's the one thing that think, would make you a happier person? I think I have a bit more self-belief because I'm constantly looking, I don't know why, but I constantly look back and not forward. I constantly look back and think all the things that I've done, say from my teens to my, till I got married, I look back with a bit of negativity and think I wish I'd been a better person or not better person but I wish I hadn't done some of the things that I did but they are what shaped me and made me who I am but I constantly think they're going to come back and haunt me and ruin what I've got now that's an anxiety in itself real anxiety about I'm not probably ever going to be worth something will happen soon and it'll all collapse because of something I've done and I I constantly think that someone's going to knock on my door and something's going to happen that has been real and it's not that anything horrific happened in my 20s but you know I live my life and I live my life to the full and now my life is so different to what it was in the 20s and the way that I acted in my 20s was completely different to the way that I act now in my 30s and going you know into my 40th year this year so but that's that's everybody we all have that and I can't get over that you know it's really weird so I always constantly think Something's going to happen. Like, you know, I, I want to write a book, but it will happen. And if, if I get a no, I'll, I'll, I'll instantly think it's because of the way I was in my 20s. No. And, I, and I'd blame that. What it wouldn't be about how that? I now. I constantly look back and I probably, that's probably something that I think, actually, I need to change. Obviously, I do. But why do you think that you're so 
um, intent on rummaging around in the past? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I feel like... I, I really don't know. I don't know what, what I've done there that I think is going to affect my future but because it's nothing horrendous I mean people have think oh my god what did you do I didn't do anything I just lived my life I lived my best life but I still think that so many aspects of that life will haunt me something will happen oh, I, I wish you wouldn't do that <laughs> because you can't change the past no. you can learn from it yeah. and apply it to what comes next but there's a reason we don't have eyes in the back of our heads. And that's because mm. we're not meant to look back. And I, and I find forward. it, I think I'd be, I try and be me. I try and be my, my best, most authentic self all the time. And that's what I think I have, which separates me from lots of other organisers. You know, I'm very, not that they're not authentic or they're not genuine. But, you know, I try and let people see as much of, as much of me as they can, you know, through my stories, through whatever I'm doing. And I don't, I don't sugarcoat anything. And so that's why I think it's, that type of thing I think you know I don't want people to ever think that I'm not who I am so I try and be authentically me but I've, I sometimes think oh my goodness something's going to happen and it'll just it'll be the person that I was then is going to come back mm. and I don't know why I think that because it probably isn't but no. it's a really strange strange thing I feel like I found my niche you know from what I do now and I feel that I am the best person for the job there I don't believe that there's anyone that's as good as and has the passion that I do into coming into your house and changing your life and making all I want to do is help people I want to change your life for the better I want your house to be the best version of itself I want to give you back your space and that for me is so important and I feel like I'm so good at that but I feel like there's so many other things in the background that possibly could affect that so how many years do you think you've been worrying about your past catching up with you oh in god some I think probably way? from the day I got married which is how long? So I've been married seven years this year. Uh, eight, eight years this year. Eight years. So that's eight years of futile worry. I'm quite a confident, you know, I'm quite a confident person. But there is that one tiny little bit of doubt in my head always, that I think. Uh, maybe everyone has that, that thinks it, it will never go further than this. Because something will happen. Someone will come back. Something will destroy that. And I don't know what that is. Oh, I know. I want. I really want to take that out of your head. <laughs> I want you to borrow my breezy button as well. You but I know it's not as simple as the breezy button. Yeah. It's never that simple. But honestly, you have to tell yourself that in that in eight years, all of those anxieties have been entirely unfounded. Yeah, there has to be a point when you you cut yourself free from that. Maybe it's because there's so many people around me whose marriages have failed or they're getting divorced. I think we're at that age. You know, I'm nearly forty. There's lots of marriages that aren't that are now, you know been over I know lots of people have had affairs and all sorts of things and I think maybe I keep because I'm surrounded by it I think oh my god this is going to happen to me something's going to happen cheers gang cheers such a lovely time thank you thank you what I love about you both is um, your ability to talk about difficult times but also how you've overcome them and we've touched on that a lot across across this conversation so I wondered if you could remember key times in your life when you feel like life has given you a bowl of lemons <laughs> and you've squeezed them out and turned them into lemonade um, I think finding my mum in the chaos that she was in you know, my mum, obviously, as we know, um, or some of you may not know, I grew up with a mum that had mental health issues. So from the age of 11, I came back from brownies and she's been held down by lots of psychiatric doctors, doctors. She was in and out of psychiatric units for most of my life. So the day that I could go to her house and I found her in chaos a few years after my dad had died, she'd just gone downhill 
and she hadn't visited me because she was hiding everything. And when I finally went to her house and saw the chaos she was living in, I transformed her house over that weekend. And that for me was the beginning of Declutter Dollies. So that was me taking a horrendous situation and turning it around and thinking, Mm -hmm. I can help other people. And that's why it started. So how old were you at that point? So I was 11. I think, I don't, maybe I was younger than 11. I never Were you living with sure. your mum? I was living at home with my parents. My mum and dad were accountants. My mum worked for my dad. My dad worked my mum into the ground. She had, I think her mental health issues were all down to my dad. Do you? God rest his soul. He worked her into the ground. Um, I come from an Asian background. I'm Sri Lankan. My dad grew up in a very, very strict household. His job, he as soon as he was able to, he was at, at college, he was at university, he got sent over to England to study. You know, he wasn't allowed to come back without every single letter after his name, being an accountant, being at the highest level. He was pressured He was and had a lot of pressure. And then he set up his own business and he worked in Southall and he couldn't cope on his own. So he then met my mum and she came and helped him in. She was very, very intelligent, my mum. And bipolar people, as you probably know, are very, very intelligent. Very high functioning. Um, very high functioning. And it's almost like they've got so much information in their head they don't know what to do with it so it gets very confused it gets very jumbled they lived in chaos they worked late at night my neighbors practically bought me up not my parents so they weren't it's funny isn't it that they opted to adopt a child which is no easy process and then once you have that baby and you have a child in your home you still Continue they to work. work. So they, uh, they well, found I mean, maybe they had to. I don't they know. They found me, I think it was either seven days or seven weeks. I'm not entirely sure. And then they didn't adopt me officially or bring me home until I was three. So mm-hmm. I was in Sri Lanka in an orphanage for all that time, um, you know, waiting for all this paperwork or whatever it was. And I joke now that they had just forgotten me because they were always late because they never picked me up from school. You know, I, I walked to the lo- local supermarket and this is something that most people know. You know, I used to pack bags in the supermarket for free because I was waiting for my parents to pick me up because they didn't pick me up on time. It's hard now. She lives with us and it's oh, it's just, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't I would never make her feel bad for something because actually I'm so fortunate for the life I've got I could have been in Sri Lanka and and not had the life that I've had and look at me now is how I feel and I think that's probably why I said you know earlier I'm always worried something's going to come back right now that makes a lot more sense Dilly maybe I I probably need to sit down with my mum and ask lots of questions but is she well enough to be able to yeah she is and she and she's always been very open to you know I went and found my real mum and and all that type of thing and she was really happy for me to do that how was that yeah it, it was very emotionless actually and I uh, emotionless yeah but I still question whether she is my mum because we paid someone to help me find her and I think I hope you didn't just find an Asian family and give them some money and say this girl's coming because she didn't speak any English she didn't speak anything she just uh, the translator translated everything so how do I know because I felt nothing when I met her I felt nothing not one bit of emotion the only thing I felt is when I left the house I wanted to call my adopted mum and say thank you and that was it. Did she look like you? Did you feel a connection? No, nothing. And actually, if I was to show you a picture, you'd probably say, no, you, you look nothing like each other. Yeah. I mean, she was heartbroken. She was sobbed. She just cried the whole time. Oh, and she I, did? Yeah. She, so was, she, was, she, she wasn't was, emotionless. You she, were. No, I was motionless. She was sobbing. And it, I was, you know, I felt like I was the adult because I was, I was saying to her, you know, don't cry. It's fine. I'm here. I'm with my husband. I've just got married. We're on our honeymoon. You know, this is all great. God, you did this on your honeymoon. I, so I found her on my last two weeks of my honeymoon. But still very difficult to live with a parent who has very prominent mental health issues where yeah. you can really see their distress. It's not that silent depression no, no, no. that some kids live with where you're, what you're describing with your mum is, is chaos. Mm, absolute chaos. Mm. And that's you know why I understand so many of the houses I go into 
mm. everyone's situations because I've been there, I've done it, I know what it is, I've experienced it firsthand. So I'm not someone that just comes in and goes, I'm going to make your cupboards look pretty, I'm going to make your yeah. kitchen look amazing. No, you understand that there's, there's I, an I undercurrent. I understand there's an underlying reason as to why people get in this situation. Mm. And I don't ask any questions, and I talk about that a lot. I don't come in and say, right, let's sit down and talk about why you're in this situation. I turn up, I, I'm like, right, which room are we doing? Where are we doing it? Let me make your house better, and I get on with it, and I leave. I know what I need to achieve, and that's how I'm going to do it. Mm. And now you're taking care of your mum. Yeah. yeah. She's living with you. It is hard. Who, who can live with their mother-in-law? And my husband, you know, hats off to him. He does amazingly. Melissa, when you listen to that, how does, mm. how does that resonate with you? And, and when, what, what would be your lemonade from a bowl of lemons scenario? Um, yeah, so my, I think, I had like a couple of little, I feel like I've had... A bag, my bag of sour lemons at various key points in my life and sorry to keep banging on about this course but they made us right um, and I put off doing it for so long and they sort of you know I told you how I booked it a year in advance and they kept what is right. the name of this course by the way because I'm it's so intrigued called, yeah, it's called The Bridge and um, great name yeah and there's the incredible woman called Donna who 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 founded it and like I said, three people all talked about, I'd heard about it a little bit, but I'd heard it was a week and I didn't feel ready for it. I was like, can't I, I just want to go on something for a day and cry and two days and cry max. I want to do a week. And it just one day, three people, you know, over a period of a couple of days, three people started talking about it and saying it was brilliant. And one person said to me, just book it. Don't think about it. There's my, and there's so my breezy button. <laughs> I pressed my breezy button and I- In a, in a quick breeze. In a quick, my quick breeze, put down my money and was like, shit, no going back now. And I remember I emailed my boyfriend and my mum were like, I'm, I, I didn't even ask for permission <laughs> or check dates. I just emailed. Um, I emailed them and said, I'm off. And I emailed work and I was like, I'm off. Um, and then I had a whole year to prepare for it mentally. So they say to you, one of the things you can do is um, create, like just get a piece of A4 paper and do like birth and then now, and then write on it very simply. And I, I, you don't, I didn't know whether someone was gonna read it or not. So at first I was censoring myself and it's called a lost timeline chart. And so well, as I first started doing it, I was like, oh, I don't wanna write, oh, that's a bit silly. I won't put that down in case someone reads it. I was like, I'm, they might have to read it out loud. And in the end we didn't. But I did it for myself and I started to really realise key moments in my life, maybe like the first time my heart was broken, yeah. you know, when my dad was ill the first time wow. and when he died. And then I think I started to put in when it hit me and that was about two years later. And then when work started to go well, because the thing is, is I really realised when things go well, and that's why I was really like really listening to you when you were talking about when you worry about what's going to happen. Sometimes I'm at my worst when, when things, things are going well. well. I've done traditional therapy. My boyfriend and I are in couples therapy. And Does about, that help? You, uh, yeah. Can I, can I ask you a couple yeah, questions? I'm just doing yeah. intrigued. Please. So did you go to couples therapy because you were having a hard time? Yes. Would you continue to go and see a couples counsellor even if you weren't having a hard yes. time? It's not like you go to the gym and, and get fit and then go, well, I'm fit now, I can stop. Yeah. And yet we apply that to our mental health, yeah. that mentality. It's crazy. So, so, so has that been a beneficial experience to your relationship? It has been brilliant. And that's not to say it's all worked out now. So, But... Um, you know, as an example, so he he is someone that hadn't has had 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 very a lot of trauma. And I told you his his dad died, and his dad died when he was fifteen. He lived with his dad, and we really bonded over that. And then we got to a point where um, I I said, well, you know, have you ever talked to anyone about 
how you and he'd never spoken to anyone. So his father died when he was fifteen. He hadn't spoken to anyone. Fifteen is such a tough age. Yeah, and and he's a young boy and live and he lived with his dad and and he'd never spoken about. It. And so for a while, I gently encouraged him. I, I tried to lead by example and show him how seeing and speaking to someone on a weekly or fortnightly basis was important for me to top myself up and to have someone to talk to. And then he started going. And then I said, you know, shall we try going together so we can basically have an hour what I find amazing is we don't even have kids yet right and we struggle to have an hour where we're not on our phone we're not distracted by anything else where we talk let alone half an hour mm. I mean even so 15 true. minutes so true yeah. so I, I it was really important for me if, if we're going to have a family together to do this and he was up for it and then actually I said to him about three months ago can I can I do you mind if I ever talk about publicly our couple therapy and I expected him to say no, and he was like, go for it. And he's actually, lots of his guy friends now, and I say guy friends because he's a guy that mainly, his friends are mainly guys, uh, have also gone to see our person. And he really, really sees, sees it. And now when we communicate and we row, we, not always, but we sort of say to each other, we just go to each other and we hold each other by the hands and we're like, I think what you're trying to say to me is this. So on a day-to-day, like, pesky little silly little rows that bubble up they're huge though they yeah. are the straws exactly. that can break the camel's back oh my goodness, we're, so we're getting not always quite good at dealing with them and it's talking isn't it that's the problem it's the talking and it's the eye contact and sometimes you know one of us will go to the other and we're like no no go away and his big thing is to walk it off and mine is the I have to have it sorted out there yeah. I can't go you know like I cannot go to bed in a row can't have anyone walk out the house on a row mm. or put the phone down or get on a flight he's always flying whereas his is to be by himself he needs space to get over it so we, we try and meet in that sense so mm. that's you have to respect each other's processes yes. don't you mm-hmm. and my husband's the same so my husband's is, is probably more you than your boyfriend oh, as yeah? in so because yeah. we got back together because his mum was tragically killed in a car crash oh. so that was when he was 30 uh 31 so, so he, he dated many years before so we dated years we met when we were 18 but then you know that obviously happened to him and i i think with him he never spoke about his grief so he lived with his mum and just his mum and then she died and I came into his life. I literally went, met him. I, w- I went and supported him at the funeral and we ended up getting back together. And wow. then I think what happened was I sort of slipped in where his mum had gone yeah. and now he's living with my mum. So how yeah. hard must that be for him? But really hard. I don't think... And I think that's a lot of our issues is, you know, we obviously row. We row about my mum a lot and, you know, we probably need that. I probably sometimes think we never have sit down have that conversation about... Your mum is living with us. These are the things I don't like. These are the things you don't like. These are the things we all row about. Yeah. And, you know, and actually it's probably a lot to do with, and I, we do talk about that now. I, I say I understand that your mum's not here, yet you're living with my mum. How hard must that be? Yeah. And I think a lot of our podcasts end up feeling like therapy. Absolutely. Um, in a really good way. Yeah. You know, when you people go, oh, it's like therapy, that it's, you always automatically go, oh, that's somebody sat on a chair with their knees hunched to their chin no. wailing. No. Not at all. Sometimes it's about just letting your mind and your mouth uh, come together mm-hmm. and better understand yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're doing amazing work with your, your mum, Dilly. Oh, thank and you. good on you for really valuing your relationship, Melissa, and taking mm. it into uh, a counselling situation. Because a man that is open to that with you and will always hold your hand and open his ears to you, well, he's worth sticking with. Absolutely. Here. But if he's not, just boot him out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good a counsellor. <laughs> yeah. 
Ladies, how was your white wine question time? Oh, I love it. Oh, really nice. cheers. Let's have yeah, a cheers. cheers. Let's have a cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's been glorious. Yeah. And um, if you want to experience Dilly's fine work, she is Declutter Dollies on Instagram. I would implore you to go and dig out Eat Green uh, from your nearest bookshop. Uh, just order it, put it on your wish list for a gift. Uh, I promise you, it is make it makes plant-based food exciting. A lot of people go oh, plant-based, and they just think it's chickpeas and lentils. It's not. There's something for everyone. There really is. Um, ladies, thank you so much. Pleasure, oh, thank you. It's been lovely. We've really enjoyed having you on. Now, before we go, we have a public service announcement. If you have a new persistent cough, a shortness of breath, or an unusually high temperature, please follow all government advice and ensure that you and the people in your household are isolated for 14 days. If you live alone, it's the first seven days from when you showed symptoms that you must remain in isolation. If your symptoms persist, call your GP for advice. And if you need any more information, you can visit NHS UK, the website, and search coronavirus. Let's all work together to flatten the curve. As always, even at a high stress time like this, it doesn't hurt to say it. Drink responsibly, and most of all, stay safe. White Wine Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, here in London, Caitlin Mercer for Yahoo in Kent, and edited remotely by Callum Goddard-Mucklow from his mum's kitchen. We are all following government advice and working remotely to stay safe, but we are still here to keep you entertained, informed, and hopefully amused. As always, our music is provided by Andy Bell, whose back catalogue is available on iTunes or Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram and keep talking to us across the week, sharing your experiences as we navigate our way through an unknown landscape. Uh, we are at White Wine QT. And don't forget, you don't need to have your headphones on if you're not doing that commute or in the gym. You can listen to us at home on your smart device. Just say, OK, Google or Alexa. Take me to the latest episode of White Wine Question Time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. 
And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.